Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, June 18th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking soccer today, sporting Kansas City, KCNWSL, Euro 2020, and fantasy soccer with Sean Goodwin of the Star and Allie Trost, who covers soccer for Sports Radio 810 WHB. By fantasy soccer, Sean and Allie answer the question, if Americans grew up thinking soccer first, as in other countries, which athletes who went on to star in basketball, football, baseball, and other sports would have been our best national team players? They had fun with that. Hope you enjoy. Let's get started talking with Allie and Sean. Allie and Sean are here, as they are every week. It's great to see you guys. Great to talk to you. Let's start today with just a little bit of a look back at the at the sporting 1-1 draw with, with Austin FC on on Saturday. Uh, I do want to talk about the game, but the very first thing I want to talk about, though, is Allie's experience, her first game as a sideline reporter. How did that go, Allie? It was awesome. It was so fun. I'm really fortunate to work with such an incredible crew of people. When I say crew, I mean crew. Like there are so many, so many people that make up uh, just one single broadcast. And I'm really fortunate to work with all of them and, and just had an absolute blast. I mean, that was, you know, a day that I won't forget for a long time and, you know, wish Sporting could have come out and, and gotten the win, but you know, it was a really entertaining game. They had so many exciting chances and getting, you know, the best seat in the house down on the field was, was really awesome. So looking forward to my next game. I'll be on the broadcast for this weekend against Portland Sporting's on the road. Um, and then you can see me back at Children's Mercy Park next Wednesday. So it's all, it's all happening and it's, it's so fun. It's just, it's hot. I'll, I'll say that much. It is very hot, but but um, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So really enjoyed it. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I, f- I felt for you. We all knew it was going to be your first game on the sideline, <laughs> and uh, it was well into the 90s. On, um, on and I wore all black happened. for a yeah. reason, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then the game went, was was it eight, eight extra minutes of, uh, of, of stoppage time in the second half? It's just, I just saw when the game ended, everybody collapsed. So, but it was... It was an inner for a what tell you what for a one one game, very entertaining. Both teams left a lot of chances on the on on the pitch, but Daniel Shallowy, Sean, I mean the guy, it's just every game it seems like he's doing something to uh he he's he is if he's not the comeback player of the year, I don't know who is. Every game it's a Daniel Shallowy comeback season, but I think it might have been you, Ali, who tweeted this, maybe not, that his uh, four goals and two assists. Uh, so combined six goal, well, six goal contributions is the uh, third most in MLS right now. Yep, um, and that's only that's only behind Chicharito and Raul Ruiz. So two, you know, of the best in the league, and Daniel Shallowy's, you know, right up there yeah. uh, with some of the best. And Chicharito has got like what seven goals, I think. Don't quote me on that, but like most of his is coming through goal contributions, while Lee Shallowy's got a couple of assists on the balls as well. Um, but yeah, Noga. Comeback season is a well and truly going with Blair. I mean, you say that, you know, it was a back and forth game of lots of, you know, chances for both teams. But if you look at the expected goal charts, which advanced analytics, expected goals, obviously you have to watch the game itself. But I just saw it before. Sporting was expected to score in that game 4.2 goals (laughs) compared to Austin's 1.54. Which so you know Austin score one and one point five four x kind of on, but yeah for uh, Sporting to have an expected goal of four point two and score one, 
it's it's one of those games where I think in other other games or those in other time, you know, sports might have been frustrated to let that go. But I think Peter, the players, he just you just have to tip your hat to uh, Austin's goalkeeper Stuva. He just uh, the man stood on his head. You know, without him, it would have been a four-one-five-one game. So sometimes you just you can't do anything about a goalkeeper on form, can you? No. Yeah. So what about what about this habit of uh, falling behind? I mean, it's how many games in a row now is the opponent scored the first goal? It's at I least. See. Uh, we're going backwards in time. Here. You've got Austin, obviously. I'm pointing to out for a quick. Uh, San Jose seems like the earthquake scored in the first few minutes. Yeah, so you got Austin, um, Houston. Uh, Houston scored first. That's two. Um, San Jose scored first, and then Vancouver was three 0 So that's three straight games. And you go before that, lose one 0 to Houston again. Uh, and then the two-one win versus Austin, which seems so far away now. That was obviously two late goals from Sporting. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, not the best. It, it, it's good to have a team. Obviously, has the mentality to come back and you know win games. And we talked about that with Peter and T- Tim Melia and Peter had very different uh, outlooks on it. Tim says he thought the team responded better from when they got Caesars against, which obviously isn't you know it's not a trait you want to have. While Peter was more along, he thinks that the dominating games, which, you know, Houston, San Jose, I guess that was really early. Um, even the most recent Austin game, yeah, the dominating play and then give up a goal against school of play. So I can see both sides of the argument. Uh, but either way, it's, it's, it's a streak they want to break heading into these next six games when you look at the, the games coming up. Yeah, especially with the, the 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 three and eight days, right? They were on one of those stretches starting Saturday, yes. and they started with a night game on the West Coast. So uh, that condenses the the time even more when it's it's not a Saturday afternoon game at home, but a um, but a but a road game at Portland. Uh, it's it's a tough stretch. I think they've had one of these before, and um, but but there are it seems like there are a few of these dotted throughout the season. This, the Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday schedule that you you got to have. I mean, to get a to get a season in and to work around international events and national events. So they're, they're, that's what they're facing right now. It's not, it's not just that. But I remember speaking to Peter Rice at the start of the season. I think part of the process or before process was they want to back lose the season also, so we can get fans back in the stadiums to actually see games, uh, which is another big part of it. Rather than having like, it's not so much a even schedule throughout, it's definitely a bit more back losers. Anything that was done just to get fans back in the stadium, to be honest. Okay, and I think uh, KCNWSL's got a busy stretch coming up as well after having last week weekend off. They're still looking for the first victory through, what, a handful of regular season games. Their next game is, um, if I got this right, they're at um, at Portland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to Portland too for their next game, and yeah. uh, so trying to get them, trying to get them a win, trying to get them a goal, get them, you know, just get them going. And uh, they haven't they haven't scored since that two two draw on May twenty third against Houston. So uh, prospects alley for you know for a good match for a good effort. The fact that they 
their very first game as an expansion franchise was against this Portland team. And I, I lost two to one in the Challenge Cup. And I thought they played okay. I think Amy, Amy Rodriguez had the goal in that game. So you optimistic for, uh, for a result here? Yeah, the biggest difference is that, you know, that Portland team was missing quite a few players due to international duty uh, when when Casey first played them. And Sean, I believe Portland will be at full strength if I'm if I'm correct on this. I've got a couple of coach calls and stuff lined up for this week, so we'll find out more. But it's going to be a tough match. I mean, Portland sitting second right now in the NWSL standings. They've you know, they create a lot of chances. I think they also lead in shots on target and shots total um, so far this season. So it's going to be a team, you know, that is going to the box. And so that's why my key going into this game isn't to try and, I mean, yes, you want to be smart defensively. You want to limit the number of chances that they're able to create, but keeping a team like Portland out of the back of the net for a full 90 minutes, that's going to be tough, especially for a team like Kansas City that's that's struggled over the Challenge Cup and the regular season to, to not concede at all in games. So for me, the key for Kansas City, score goals. I'm excited to see Jessica Silva. Uh, she put some of her skills on display in some friendly games and you know, hopefully getting her first minutes out of the way, she's able to get a bit more acclimated, but Kansas city has got to score. Uh, if they want to, you know, continue, they've, they've hung with a lot of these teams that have been competitive, but if you don't put goals in when the final whistle blows, so that's what I'll be looking for, but it's going to be a really tough contest up there against a really tough Portland team. And then they turn around, come back home and play, the current first team in the NWSL and the Orlando Pride against. So really tough uh, couple of games coming up here for Kansas City. I have facts. Excuse me. I have facts not enough. They then play Washington, who's in third place after that. So this is uh, not a pretty run for Kansas City right now. But before we move on, Ali, you mentioned Jessica Silva, who, uh, my laws, just watching her in those international games. Because that's the first chance really fans have got a look at her. You know, the, the small thing she put in in the um, Houston game, I feel like we, we didn't get to fully see what she was capable of. You know, she's just, you know, it was her first 15 minutes. She's warming into the game. Um, but those international games, some of the stuff she was trying, oh, Lord. I mean, just audacious nutmegs, taking on players. And that's, that is kind of what Kansas City is going to need. You know, going into these games, if you want to score goals, you need someone who is capable of creating those chances. Um, and sometimes you create those chances through fancy skill work and past the player and making an opening. So, yeah, it's uh, going to be a tough stretch. And I think Jessica Silva needs to quickly step up to help his team score a couple of goals. Yeah, we were mentioning the uh, Sporting Kansas City schedule. Uh, it, it's even more condensed for NWSL. They play um, uh, uh, this weekend. Is that Saturday against Portland? And then the- uh, they play Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah, that's what it is. Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. That's that's incredible. So um, uh, good luck to them. Hey, I want to call your attention to a couple of stories in in the star that have been written over the last few days, one by Sean, we'll get to that one in a second, Sean, but uh, uh, stars intern, uh, Cora Hall wrote a really nice story about the wave of women ownership washing over women's pro soccer. And of course, you know, she identifies, um, you know, we've talked to Angie Long and, 
and Brittany Matthews, uh, part owners of the, you know, of, of the Woso team. And, and it's a, you know, it's not just a Kansas City thing. It's happening throughout uh, NWSL. I, I think it's a cool thing. Large ownership groups, um, sometimes in the 20s and 30s, and a lot of women that are part of those ownership groups. So I, um, I would encourage you to, to read uh, Cora Hall's story on this. And we'll post it in in the show notes as well. And and Sean, I enjoyed your story too on the uh, the brand consciousness of uh, of KCNWSL, how the, the testing that they're doing, and of course, um, you know, Allie's on the on the front lines of that with her uh, with her role with the team. But um, one one of the revealing things, Sean, that I read from your story is some of the nick the potential nicknames that tested and didn't test well. Yeah, nicknames and themes. Um, so like Wong of Irma theme was two stakes, one city, which pulled well. Um, but yeah, essentially, you know, the whole point of the story was kind of just a branding update. And the club is keeping a very tight-lipped and coy about all of this, to be honest. Um, you know, they're keeping the players up to date, of course. And you're having focus groups with um, founding members. Uh, so, you know, a big part of what they're trying to do here is, you know, we always joke about it, uh, how people ask us, ah, what's the, what's the women's team's name? Rock of Fights and Wosos on here, of course, Blair. Um, but yeah, and a big part of that, and you know, we said it before, is they didn't want to rush in and be like a Kansas City Dragons. And everyone's like, what the hell is that? Uh, so yeah, no, I guess they, at the, the first home game, actually, was the children's from Messi Park one they played. Uh, they pulled fans coming in and out of the stadium. Basically, just with potential themes and names uh, that, you know, they'd like to see, they wouldn't like to see. So the ones that pulled well. Again, this is both names and themes. I wasn't really given a, a breakdown of what's what. But the positive ones were Two Stakes, One City, Rivers, Fountains, Crossroads, Champions, and Harlands. Um I assume Champions is looking back at the FCKC days, maybe. And then some... Some of the ones that did not poll well was Arcs and, Mur- Arcs and Murals, just a general theme, Jazz, Midwestern, Prairie, Tornadoes, assume as a name. Can't imagine you can do much uh, theming around Tornadoes. And then Middle, whatever that means, Middle of the Country. I think, yeah, yeah. I think Heartland uh, takes care of that. And yeah, I, exactly. And I'm always partial. Yeah. What do you think, Allie? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's good to kind of test different, you know, taglines, names, concepts all across the board, you know, go kind of on a range from maybe a little bit, you know, more off the beaten path. But sometimes, you know, when it comes to sports branding, simpler, the better, in my opinion, um, you know, you want to be direct, you want to make sure it's something that's memorable, that's understood, and, and is something that people can rally behind. Um, but, you know, I, I have stood by the fact that I believe the decision to use this year as a bit of a um, a test a test year to see what lands, what doesn't, get some focus groups together, pull the fan base and the supporters group, and make sure that they are able to come to a final decision that really resonates with the people who are going to be out in the community as ambassadors for this this team and women's soccer. So um, I'm really I'm really excited. Mostly because I'm 
I'm kind of tired of people asking me what the name of the team's going to be, and I just don't have an answer. Um, no, I'm just kidding. You can keep asking, but I, um, I'm really excited to see where they land, and I think it'll be something, um, you know, that'll just kind of be a, a, another way to excite this fan base. You can refer them to my story. I appreciate the clicks. Well, I think they, um, I, th- I think they succeeded very well with the color scheme and the the inaugural season logos as well. So, yeah. so I, I think they're on the right track. Yeah, um, I actually asked about the colours, and primarily the jersey, of course, being red. And I think we talked about it only last week about you know the whole teal time and how teal's a big thing. And Angela Long came up with teal, and I asked, well. Why is the jersey red or primarily primarily red? Um, and a big part of that was, well, a, a smaller part was they said that teams who wear red, according to research, are generally more successful. Um, so, you know, why not go with the flow, right? And then, of course, Kansas City does have, does have an affinity with red, of course, too, with um, the Chiefs. Can't believe I forgot for a second there. Big Chiefs. Um, I, I guess if you don't have real, real um, nitty gritty crimson and blue with KU, got a crimson there. So yeah, that's that's the two two of the reasons why they went with the red over just the straight teal. Okay, guys, let's let's take a break here, and we'll come back and talk a little international football and put a little bit of a homework assignment for uh, <laughs> Ellie and Sean. I want to get their thoughts on a question that I had for them last week. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. We're back with Ali Trost and Sean Goodwin. And hey, guys, Euro Cup 2020 is uh, happening in 2021. But uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. And as we speak, I think it's, uh, is it Italy playing now? It may be Italy, Switzerland. Italy, Switzerland. Uh, Keely yep. just scored and it was taken away by a, a BS VAR. I'll put it that way. Should have been the goal. Should have been a goal. It was taken away. Uh, I think the best news so far of the of the event is that uh, uh, Christian Eriksen didn't collapse uh, and and pass away on the field. Uh, the Danish uh, player who it was a very scary moment Saturday in the game against Finland, but he is uh, he's, he's alive and well. And um, but Europe, it's it's fantastic to have. I love having live sporting events. In weekday mornings into the afternoon, and that's what we're that's what we're getting with uh, with Euro Cup. But that leads me into um, uh, a topic that we discussed last week that um, that I wanted to get you guys thoughts about, just because I, I res- so much respect your soccer soccer knowledge and sports knowledge. So, in, I, I looked this up in two thousand and two. It was a World Cup year. I, I did a story where I talked to then Kansas City Wizards about if the United States had a dominant soccer culture like other nations and athletes grew up 
um, thinking soccer first and then staying with soccer through their lives uh, and not football, basketball, baseball, who might some of the great soccer players in this country, would, who would they be? So I wanted to update that idea uh, 20 years later with a couple of, uh, like I said, some soccer brainiacs here. So I'll just give you a couple of things that I that I remember from writing that story uh, that the that, that players from the Wizards said, then Wizards, basketball point guards, they thought was a position group that would make you know good soccer players. Um, at the time, Maurice Green had won the gold medal uh, as a sprinter, and they, they he was liked as a as a forward. And the the goalkeeper on my fictitious team was Tony Gonzalez because of his um, his all around athletic skills and size. So, what uh, what do you guys think if we if we t- if we take this to twenty twenty one? What what American athletes uh, do you see in football, basketball, baseball? the other sports who, who might have ended up being incredible soccer players if that's the sport they had stayed with. I So going off your question, Sean, I you go about, first. I, well, I know we talked about this off air and I'm dumb. I don't listen to instructions and I did an all time 11. Um, so am I allowed to say that? Is yes, that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There's, there's no rules for this. There's no rules. All right. We're going for an all-time 11 here. No, no one's beating this team, okay? So, we got a 4-3-3. Typical to our sports in KC plays. Uh, starts moving goal. I figured, you know, he's a hockey. He's a hockey player. So, we've got Jonathan Quick in goal. Uh, obviously, a little bit more recent, but not not many great American goaltenders. And he's got his Stanley Cups with the Kings. Uh, my centre-back pairing, got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, come on, he's seven foot two. Any, any corner in the box, he's won it, right? And then next to him, Muhammad Ali, because you, you need an enforcer, he's strong, he's quick. You, you're not stopping that pair. Um, whenever I play sports games, I like a lot of pace on the wings. Um, so I've got Jackie Robinson down my left. Again, I mean, you have to include Jackie Robinson just across all sports, right? Very quick. And then down my right, Carl Lewis. Uh, 90s track star out here, right? So Carl Lewis, got back speed. Um, my defensive midfielder, my Ilya, my Buzio with the team in the six is uh, Dion Sanders. Because again, who else do you want winning balls deep and taking them up the field, right? That's the perfect uh, fit there. And my number eight, Bo Jackson, just, you can do everything, right? That's who you want your number eight, back, fourth, power, speed, everything. And then going to what you were saying about point guards, uh, Blair, I have John Stockton in my number 10. Because again, you know, he, assuming that his basketball talents translate to soccer, he's going to be playing those passes to those uh, attacking players. Uh, and my front three, uh, a little bit of a St. Louis uh, connection here for you, Ali. I've got Lou Brock on the left. Again, plenty of speed and power. You know, it's again, I like speed on the outside, but he can get in behind. He's got the power as well. Uh, Randy Moss on the right wing. He's my uh, Adama Traore of the team. Again, just you're not stopping him down the wing. And then Brett Hull up top. Um, like, you know, just again, hockey, his goal scoring records, his assists. Yeah, you're not stopping him in the nine. So that's my uh, that's my starting 11 of all time American athletes. And I don't think you're beating a player, just saying. It's a fantastic. Look, team. I, I don't. I don't have a starting 11, but Sean, I'm a little disappointed because I didn't hear a single 
badass female athlete in that lineup. And I've got a few. You mentioned point guards, Blair. Diana Taurasi, not just for her athleticism, but the longevity of her career. I want her on my team no matter what. Um, I still stand by Mia Hamm being one of the greatest female athletes of all time. Um, I would have her on my team. I wanted to be her growing up, so got to have her on my team. <laughs> Again, I don't have every position laid out, but I feel like Serena Williams would make one hell of a center back. I know, she, you know, in, in tennis, you're kind of, you're attacking and defending really at all times, but I just feel like with her lateral uh, movement and, and just, you know, how much of a force she is, she'd be, she'd be on my back line for sure. I've got plenty of others, but someone like Ronda Rousey, just who's, you know, got that grit and that fight. She's a, she's a, a captain like player that I think I'd want on my squad. But uh, for looking at some of the men's athletes, you know, I've seen Patrick Mahomes kick a soccer ball and it wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, but he at least had, he had some of that touch there. Um, and you know, the quarterback, like we talked about the last time we did this show, they've got to have, you know, that, that field vision. They've got the whole game in front of them. So I'd put, Patrick Mahomes along my back line as well as kind of my captain center back. Uh, now it's, and we've seen, he's got the speed. I mean, we've seen that guy run. So if he could, uh, got, if he's got some good track back ability, uh, I'd probably take him as well. I think if, he, if he's someone, you know, that develops in a, in a position and in, in a sport for a long time, he's proven with the, the mental ability that he can kind of figure all that out. So those are some of my players that I came up with. Well, I love that. Um, I, I would add, uh, Allie, to to your list. Even a, 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 a St. Louisan, a St. Louisan, Jackie Joyner Kersey, got to find the spot for her somewhere. And Flojo, yep. um, Flojo was an unbelievable athlete, uh, sprinter. So, no no shortage of them. And Sean, I loved your thought process. It's funny, Peter Vermees was the one who told me twenty years ago that hockey players. He was looking at hockey players just because of the way the game develops in front of them. And it's most similar to soccer in that way that, yeah. um, and, and, and you're right about the point guards. I think Stockton was somebody who, uh, was mentioned frequently by, by the players. Chris Klein was one of them who, who participated in this back in the day. And anyway, mm. I just had fun with it. And, um, and it's, it's kind of fun to think about that the, you know, the greatest athletes in, 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 in Spain and France and Brazil, you know, they grew up Argentina. The soccer is their world, and the, the great athletes funnel into that sport. It just it's it's not the way it is in America. But but obviously, this country is getting more and more great great athletes, both men and women, playing the sport. Next year, next year, Blair, twenty years on from your story, I'll do the same with sports and KC, and we'll see what we get this time around. There you go. I like that. All right, you guys, as always, I uh, enjoyed the conversation and we will do it again next week. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to the production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin of The Star and Allie Trost of Sports Radio 810 for stopping by and talking soccer. Links to Sean's stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And, of course, they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. 
Here's how you get it. You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday with another episode.